Hey, welcome to episode 76 of the Thoughtcast, conversations about animation. And welcome to spring. I'm your host, Philip Elke, coming to you from northern Minnesota. And today I'm joined by Hannah Lee Smart, also in Minnesota. How's it going, Hannah? It's going so good. Um, I'm having such a sunny day. It actually snowed here today, um, which is annoying on a March 24th. But, you know, it's never spring in Minnesota. That's a fake season. <laughs> yeah, spring doesn't exist. We got our <laughs> own personal flurry. And now it's, uh, yeah, sun is shining. There's a squirrel outside my window. Oh, my so. gosh. <laughs> I, I sometimes see deer prancing around out here, too. Uh, no snowmen this year, though, unfortunately. How, how have you been? Um, it's been a couple of weeks. I figure we should get in an episode uh, to keep people satiated since our Raya episode. Yes, and I loved having Courtney. She is yeah. so, so sweet. Um, I'm excited to talk about frozen fever and I'm actually shocked that we hadn't talked about frozen fever because this is after all the podcast. We, uh, yeah, we have to catch up on our frozen content, um, with our, uh, inaugural spinoff of frozen from 2015 frozen fever. Um, I was super hyped for this when it was announced um, <laughs> as as a little uh, addendum to the the Cinderella live action remake that came out in early 2015. So uh, yeah, that that was the whole context for this. I should find the the release date if I can, but it was like what February or March. So yeah, in honor of spring, we're discussing the eight-minute Frozen sh animated short film from uh, <laughs> from 2015 here on the Thodcast, um, just for a fun little mini-sode from Minnesota. Uh, here, Cinderella, the Kenneth Branagh film. Uh, what did you think of that, Hannah? Is that the live-action one? Yeah. No, Lily James and yeah, Kate Blanchett. Um, I actually liked it. I thought, um, here's the thing. I always just thought Brandy Cinderella, the Rogers and Hammerstein was like the live action Cinderella. So when that first happened, I was like, hmm, this is unnecessary. But obviously the music is a little different. I think it was good. Um, I honestly really hated her dress. Personally, as a child, I was scared of butterflies, so I kind of don't like them. Um, so that was like my first like, eh, and nothing will defeat me like a bad Disney princess dress. But I think the acting was fine. I think it was like a cute movie. Um, and also like the costume design overall was good. I just personally didn't jive with that one dress, but overall I thought it was a good film. I enjoyed it quite a bit. Um, it didn't really play too much on the fact that it was like, you know, designed to be the adaptation of the 1950 animation original from Disney. Uh, yeah, and Rogers and Hammerstein's Cinderella is a musical written for television originally, I guess, um, with, from 1957. So that came after Disney's Cinderella. So kind of interesting to have two musical Cinderella's well, within the same- Wait, what? The Rodgers and Hammerstein <laughs> one with Brandy came out in like the 90s. Yeah, that was an adaptation of the- <laughs> like the 50s? Yeah, Show's yeah. not that old. <laughs> yeah, Richard Rodgers and Oscar Hammerstein II uh, produced that. At a version of Cinderella originally in 1957 and then the Brandy musical came out in sure what 90 1997 um and I think that also was a tv movie um but a, a right. lot I just think character. like I don't know I just mm -hmm. like didn't love her dress but I still thought it was good I honestly lived for um Oh my gosh, what's her name? Fairy Godmother in the Lily yeah, James Hel one. Helena Bonham Carter? Yes, the... yes, yes. She is so, like, she is such a good actor. Like, <laughs> honestly, I love her. She's 
I can't uh, believe I just forgot her name. <laughs> one of the more charismatic working uh, actors in Hollywood, for sure. Yeah. Like, honestly, I would much rather be, like, her version of Fairy Godmother than Cinderella in that movie. Like, she did such a good job. <laughs> yeah. Um, Haley Atwell, I know, was in it as uh, Cinderella's mother. Uh, she's she's uh, Agent Carter from Captain America and all the that marvel stuff uh, it'd be kind of fun to talk a little marvel on on this but i don't know who else keeping up with that <laughs> um got the, the <laughs> wandavision show and uh falcon and winter soldier which have been kind of fun but i haven't been like have you seen wandavision uh yeah I've seen all the memes for it but i've never actually watched the show and it's like i need to take the time to watch that show because it's all hyped everywhere so it's um it's fun i mean there's like this crazy digital almost uh spell or um enchantment that is cast over this entire town to make it seem like a sitcom from the memories of the character wanda oh my gosh that's hilarious wanda maximoff yeah the scarlet witch yeah, so <laughs> I, I it uh, makes me think of an invention. I need a patent <laughs> for uh, dealing with uh, attendance at the Disney parks because those the you know the, we're talking about the parks opening up again and how um, admission is just so exorbitant. It's you know it costs so much. They could really charge. <laughs> it's, it's like. Uh, <laughs> You know, in Jurassic Park, we spared no expense. Uh, we, we can charge whatever <laughs> we want, but uh, but we're not designed only to cater to the super rich. So, um, I think it's sad how Disney is so expensive that like the families that need magic the most have to like win it on TV or like make a wish. And it's like there are so many organizations that make dreams come true like that. But yeah. you think Disney, who touts making dreams come true? would like have a little more compassion and like not make kids like have their parents get a second mortgage to like take them for one day of like <laughs> magic. Well, uh, like the lawyer in Jurassic Park suggests, uh, maybe we could have coupon day or something. <laughs> no, Honestly, um, I would be there. Um, but like they need to just invent like quantum field generators that if you step through them it, like changes your phase so that like you're you become <laughs> invisible to everyone else but then anyone else who steps through the generator like can see you so like you could have just multiple layers of people like entering the parks through these special like quantum encoded gates uh so that like honestly you know, that's a yeah. huge idea philip <laughs> it's stupid it's like this weird sci-fi thing that i got from the movie valerian but i, I feel <laughs> like it's strangely plausible like if they could just figure out a way to like shift you know our um uh, i don't know our essence like our quantum uh signal so to speak because like we all have these the this energy field that composes all of our you know material uh that that um that's basically our bodies and like i guess yeah if you do what uh, wanda does i don't know the marvel movies touch on these kinds of crazy sci-fi concepts a little bit with the fact that like um you know vision is this superhero who can um, you know, go through walls. He can become invisible. He can do all kinds of like crazy stuff. <laughs> uh, <laughs> but yeah, I don't know. Uh, I, I think uh, parallel dimensions is maybe something we're we're a little ways off of. But um, if it's in service of uh, benefiting the, the experience for theme parks uh, that would be a worthy cause <laughs> for developing this <laughs> and disney uh, is the only place with enough money to do it yeah okay philip we're not here to talk about how the parks are overcrowded <laughs> and like they shouldn't be opening yet we're here to talk about a different so, kingdom yeah yeah arendelle. kingdom of arendelle um i the i think probably the biggest highlight of this short film I have to say is something that you can find at a Disney park 
uh, Epcot has the Frozen Ever After ride attraction, whatever you want to call it. And, and it does feature Anna and Elsa in their green dresses that has lived on past the short film. Um, you know, I didn't really expect um, these costs, these outfits of theirs to go absolutely anywhere, to be honest. Hmm. Like, I didn't think that they would be that big of a deal. Well, yeah, d I mean, this was six years ago now. So, mm -hmm. uh, I mean, the original Elsa dress from Frozen is going to be evergreen. <laughs> no pun intended. But um, yeah, the, this was a soon after follow up with the similarly striking design for Elsa's dress. And um, I, I personally love the color and the design and all that, you know, the way they mixed it up. I don't know, they, they do such a great job at Disney Animation coming up with these um, design elements that you know, it's, it's not surprising that you would still continue to see a lot of cosplayers or I don't know, maybe even park uh, characters, uh, you know, will continue to, to, I don't know, harken back to the short film uh, going into the future. I think they did a really great job of kind of bringing her winterness to spring where it has like that sheer cape and mm -hmm. it's almost an ode to her first, that ice dress, which is honestly, if not the most, one of the most iconic dresses like in Disney history. Mm -hmm. It really like changed the game. She was like one of the first princesses to have a dress that wasn't as like typical. Um, yeah, Elsa's such an icon, but I don't need to tell you that, Philip. <laughs> <laughs> she's true. she's your one true love. Yeah, I mean, uh, there's a, a reason why Frozen was so successful. I think it, it was really that alchemy of character, uh, especially proceeding from just such an outsized response response to the character who got uh, less screen time, shall we say, a disproportionately low uh, amount of screen time and involvement in the film that, that created just such an incredible um, phenomenon. Yeah, but she, I think that actually her shortened screen time almost strengthened her character mm -hmm. because like in so many senses Elsa is such like an internalized like underdog mm -hmm. but I think it really made her moments like so powerful and really Frozen Fever I think was a way to tide the fans over mm -hmm. because Disney I think knew right away when the first Frozen turned so huge that they needed more of that. Yeah. Yeah, it was really um, fast-tracked after Frozen became the highest-grossing animated film of all time, uh, released <laughs> at the end of 2013. Uh, and that was rather surprising to the creators of Frozen. Um, but... Um, I uh, I definitely can relate to the the fervor and the fever because um, it's definitely you know one of my favorite films, perhaps my all time favorite film. Um, you know, it's always hard to to say sometimes when it comes to that ranking. Well, there's so many genres, mm -hmm. yeah, and I think um, I I look at Frozen Fever and I don't see a rushed short like mm -hmm. honestly I think it was a well thought out well animated mm -hmm. like it didn't hinder the franchise which honestly was probably a pretty big concern of theirs mm -hmm. especially looking at what they came out with with Frozen 2 they really needed to not knock this franchise because I think Frozen is the next Toy Story if you can compare it to any Disney um like yeah. film franchise it's kind of like one of the few that can survive multiples because like Cinderella had multiple movies but the other movies besides the first one like not even everyone watched and like Ariel's second one was like iconic for kids of the 90s but I don't think that it's as widespread as Frozen 2. 
yeah, it uh, grossed 1.28 billion uh, <laughs> worldwide. The original Frozen did. The sequel made one and a half billion dollars. So yeah, it's you know we have this long tradition of Disney sequels that have sort of been, I don't know, uh, pushed aside to maybe direct a video or or given to right one of the yeah the junior studios within the company. Um, but yeah, the Toy Story, of course, had just the all of them have been blockbusters so far, all four. Um, few fr- uh, franchises within Disney have really attempted that. Um, it'll be interesting to see Frozen 3. Like, are they going to try to make something as grandiose as Frozen and Frozen 2 were? Um, or would it they... scares me for them to come out with more stuff. Yeah. Because uh, it's so iconic. Like, stop. Like, it's scary. Yeah, they. I don't think they'll rush anything. You know, they've tried to <laughs> respect this franchise despite the juggernaut that it is, and and you know the natural demand for more. But um, you know that you get into trouble when all you're doing is just feeding the beast and not you know looking inward. You know, <laughs> following basically the messages of all these movies. And uh, you know, relying on you know the the magic of the soul <laughs> um, to to guide you, the spirits to guide you when you're uh, coming up with these stories. Um, so we'll see. Frozen three. I don't know. I <laughs> I want to see uh, maybe Hans return. Give him a nice long you know mullet or something like give him. <laughs> Rocking 80s hairstyle with those mutton chops or 70s hair. You know, you know who I need more of? The trolls in Frozen. <laughs> yeah. I loved them. The most underrated animated group of all time, the trolls in Frozen. Because yeah. their song was iconic. The, um, the little baby one, like, I don't need Cena or Rick or whatever they say. Iconic. They're charming. They're so good. And yeah, they they really have a profound perspective on things. You know, they, they are love experts after all. Uh, they exactly. were kind of a, and a, maybe I need to meet them. Yeah, they were kind of a last minute addition to the original Frozen Two, and their designs were a little bit rushed. But they're very simple looking, but they're very appealing as well. Um, yeah, but hopefully we'll see more from them. Yeah, that's my big dream. So. I hope that the Lopez's are listening to this podcast and know that is our demand is more trolls. Give them a musical number, please. Uh, I won't be surprised. Or just the, some fun lines. Uh, yeah, Disney Plus series <laughs> centering around the trolls. Oh my gosh, like a mini, a mini series with like Olaf and the trolls, like um, figuring out what's going on. <laughs> Lopez is actually Olaf can narrate. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, sky's the limit. Um, they did work on WandaVision. <laughs> yeah, I don't know if you knew. Um, oh my gosh. But They're also, so, so good. Like, I can't. <laughs> it was Agatha all along. Um, the, yeah, they did the music for Frozen Fever. They did not do music for Olaf's Frozen Adventure, which was the second short film. Um, and the, uh, I guess, with Frozen 2, it sort of rounded out a four-part, I guess, coverage of all the seasons with Frozen being set during the summertime, Frozen Fever being oh, set cute. during spring, uh, Olaf's Frozen Adventure being a Christmas special in the winter, and then Frozen 2 being all about season of autumn. Um, that's sort of been broken There's with... A- Elsa for every season. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Um, you got you got the four seasonal dresses. Uh, yeah, the the Olaf short that recently came out, you know, also set during the events of the original Frozen. Um, and you don't even see Elsa. Well, you see her briefly at the beginning of that. So, so yeah, we still have like the four um, dedicated 
Elsa dresses, you could say the wardrobe. <laughs> I don't know. Um, yeah, what else? Uh, so yeah, we we could open up on this uh, frozen fever short that really, you know, you, you've got Elsa in her traditional dress. Uh, I don't. Know, do you ever think about the physics of her dress? Like, is it ice? Is it you know? What is she doing there? <laughs> How can she turn it green? Assume that it's just like her magic can do it. Like, I just mm-hmm. let Disney take me on a ride, and I'm like, you know what? Elsa sat alone in that room for a very long time. Mm-hmm. She was practicing the whole time. Like, I wouldn't be shocked if she was making all sorts of like whatever she wanted to make. Um, I think the flowers are a cute touch. Like I said before, like very cute how they brought that in. Um, and I think in this short, her and Anna are the most cohesive that they will like have been thus far. Mm -hmm. Frozen 2, I don't think that their dresses were super cohesive. Frozen 1, their dresses like aren't very cohesive. I just don't think that any time... That I've seen them maybe in their um I don't know I guess Elsa when she wears that dark blue velvet dress and Anna has like the light blue one mm-hmm. that's almost velvety they go pretty well there but this is pretty cohesive for them because they're they don't normally mesh even in style I, I yeah and the first thing that came to my mind was just their characters in general seem to get along better in this short than perhaps anywhere else. Um, they just seem to really gel together as sisters. Yeah, I think they were like maybe making up for lost time, I guess is kind of my interpretation of this short is kind of like what happened after Let It Go and everything kind of calmed down. What happened after that I smelt it, you know? Yeah. Yeah, it's kind of a honeymoon phase of them reuniting and uh, Elsa throwing this extravagant birthday party. Um, It takes place around a a year, I think, after the first Frozen, because that was set in the summertime, you know, maybe July-ish. And then Anna's birthday, I think, is supposed to be... mm, summer solstice essentially um mm-hmm. so right at the tail end of spring um but still you know it, it stays cold in arendelle for longer than other parts of the world <laughs> oh weird well yeah you know it's yeah it's it's like minnesota you know <laughs> you, you still feel the spring right. yeah although here it never it, actually is spring <laughs> yeah, usually it warms up and you get a few days of summer, even in May. I don't know. Not enough. Um, do you want to like, like slide through the plot quick on this one? Just for people that like, don't really have the full shebang. Sure. Well, yeah, this wasn't on Disney Plus, surprisingly. I viewed it through... Um, the movies anywhere app because I have like a Blu-ray with a bunch of short films on it that included this one. Um, so yeah, um, you might have to search for it like on Amazon or something if you want to. Yeah, watch. I just like Googled it and it said that I had already rented it. So I'm yeah. sure a long time ago I rented it. It was on like YouTube or whatever. It popped mm-hmm. up, you know, like on your phone where it just pops up a video and you have no clue what did I just click, but it played. Yeah. So I was like, there we go. That's good. Google play. I don't know. There might be bootlegs out on YouTube or something. Um, <laughs> the, uh, yeah. Bless the bootlegs. Yeah. So this is a short film it takes place on Anna's birthday. Uh, what else do we need to know? We need to know that Elsa had a cold. Oh yeah. And she sneezed. So um, Elsa wants to make Anna have like the best birthday. And she tells Olaf, like, be on your best behavior. Like, don't mess it up. <laughs> In true Olaf fashion, it goes a tiny bit awry because Elsa gets some sniffles. And as she sneezes, um, 
she sneezes these little snowmen. I don't know. Do they have name? Is it? Does are they called something? Um, I think the Those name. Those little snowmen thing. Yeah, for marketing, they refer to them as snow geese. Oh my gosh, that is so cute. So her little snow geese um, create a little bit of a kerfuffle with Olaf. And um, then the sign that Elsa made her that said happy birthday on, I think. Yeah. Um, then it says hippie hat. What does it say? Yeah, well, dr <laughs> dry banana hippie hat is. Uh, yeah, is, like. And that gets shouted by Kristoff. <laughs> yeah, like all, all of it is just such a mess. And it's like so confusing, yeah. honestly. Um, I think the first time I watched it, I watched it with my niece, and it's one of those shorts that kids will rewatch over and over and over and over again because, first of all, it's only eight minutes long, and there's so many silly moments mm. that I think it was just like it's like a belly laugh for a kid, you know, not just like a <laughs> like they're really mm -hmm. like loving it. Okay. Um, I think this does kind of what we were talking about before show the bond that they have like how Elsa creates um her special ice little decorations and really works hard on this like even through being sick it's like very much making up for lost time there's a lot of animation business crammed into this you know seven minute short film um and yeah for good reason um you know they didn't have a lot of time to make this and they also, yeah, they, it's cool that they're establishing so much stuff. Most of it does take place during the one song that the Lopez is composed for this as well. Uh, one note about that sign, Happy Birthday Anna, gets rearranged to Dry Banana Hippie Hat. I, I always try to make that happen, Dry Banana Hippie Hat. Whenever it's somebody's birthday, I'll, I'll you know, want to <laughs> message them that but they probably won't get the joke. Um, and then uh, Happy Harry Ant Band, I guess, is the sec, it also gets rearranged to that or, or something, according to the wiki, uh, the Disney wiki. Huh. I don't remember that from the film. Um, and then it gets returned back to normal. I don't know, the, there's a lot of cartoon nonsense in this, which is okay, because like, it's, I mean, it is a cartoon. And also, and that's one of the things that appeals to me more about Frozen than other of Disney's films is that it it avoids getting going too cartoony. I feel. Um, sure, it's like more realistic. Yeah, yeah, I like the realism of Frozen, um, and then <laughs> yeah, I mean, but this, you know, it primarily takes place during a musical number and all reality can sort of go out the window during a musical number. Um, and plus- it, I love that you said that you love the realism of Frozen when yeah. Elsa is the only Disney princess with magical powers. Yeah, I mean- like, what a, the heck, Philip? <laughs> a certain magical realism to it. Uh, her, her powers, <laughs> you know, they, they conform to um, like, a, I guess you'd have to get a little bit of like quantum physics involved because they don't behave. <laughs> you know, Neil deGrasse Tyson would have a heyday with Elsa's powers. I think he's even addressed them in <laughs> some of his t Twitter rants, perhaps. Oh, the uh, the amount of uh, thermal energy required to you know melt one block of ice is you know such and such you know gigawatts or whatever power. Um, but no, I, I think the magic of Elsa is um, it transcends purely the, the laws of thermodynamics, although, you know, there, there's probably certain other principles at play uh, because, yeah, it's, it's like a it's psychological connection she has to the, the water and the ice. Um, but anyways, and, and uh, the reason why they're called snogies, I just figured this out it rhymes with bogey like like snow, snow boogers <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> i hate that <laughs> what the heck yeah. disney it's still cute sounding though yeah not as cute as i thought <laughs> still cute though 
Um, I think it's just such a sweet, um, I think it's a sweet little film. Like it's, it definitely was what they needed to do to tide over the fans and give them like a little taste to kind of like remember like, hey, here's this like iconic film with these iconic characters and here's a little something extra. And not to mention then they had new characters, the snowboarders, like that they could um, create new merch. Mm -hmm. They got to bring like all of the characters back. A lot of the times I think Disney shorts are just for like a push of merchandise because Disney is a business, you know? Well, yeah, you can definitely approach most things vis-a-vis Disney from the business angle because, um, you know, it is a, it's show business. Uh, but, you know, if it were purely sort of a cynical cash driven, um, I don't know, effort, I don't think it would be quite as successful as it is. Um, so, so there's a sure. strong element of genuine. I don't think the whole thing yeah. was. I just think that like, a lot of the times Disney shorts when they already were a film, not necessarily like mm -hmm. there's like the famous one that's like the birds and like those ones that were never characters before, but lots yeah. of like the little frozen ones and stuff like that. I have to wonder. Well, it, it becomes especially fatiguing when it is like an established brand like frozen and you, you're constantly seeing, you know, more stuff just being put out so yeah it's, it's it's true like you have to be careful when dealing with these recognizable properties not to oversaturate the market um and frozen sure. i think in many people's minds got oversaturated and a lot of people grew tired of it not necessarily because disney was <laughs> trying to push it on people so hard it's just because kids went totally bonkers over it i think disney was shocked mm -hmm. like it seems from all the information that's put out there that disney was just like huh <laughs> like, yeah. but here's the thing even if they would have anticipated it doing well nobody anticipates their movie to be like the highest grossing animated film of all time. Like yeah. you don't just go in being like, Oh yeah, this one, that's it. Like what? Mm -hmm. It was perfect. And I think honestly, the character of Elsa, as much as Anna's like the zany, like outgoing, um, like Disney princess type, mm -hmm. Elsa changed the game for Disney princesses. Yeah. Yeah. I definitely could have a lot to uh, comment on with like how it just adds she, you know these characters add a lot of dimension to Disney princesses and and Disney characters mm -hmm. um, and yeah I mean uh, they've done a great job with the latest lineup of princesses you know from Tiana all the way till uh, Raya you know modernizing these characters right. yeah giving them strong personalities and such. Um, yeah. And I do think Elsa was kind of a pathway to that. Like Raya was such an adventurous movie. Um, not just, but don't worry anyone, I'm not gonna like have spoilers. Um, but I think that princesses that were not like your big ball gown, like Cinderella Aurora types, mm -hmm. even dating back to like Mulan, we don't need a typical princess all the time. We need a relatable princess that will guide kids through things in real life. And I think Elsa really brought out like, um, not intentionally, but when you talk about Frozen to adults, she talks like she's the only princess that you really, well, I guess not the only princess, but she definitely has an element of like mental health awareness and like mm -hmm. all of these things. And her fan fiction, if you read any of that is far different. Um, and I know I'm kind of getting off topic with frozen fever, but I just, and even Elsa frozen fever, like princesses get colds too. Like, you know, wash your hands, <laughs> especially <laughs> now, wash your hands, everyone, <laughs> wash your hands. <laughs> um, but I just think that like 
Elsa really, you know, created a path. And I hope that Disney goes in a more um, diverse direction. But I also hope that they realize what they've done with the character of Elsa and that they can continue to push themselves in that capacity. You have the, I guess, the interplay between the two sisters as well. And so that compounds the the pathos, the, the amount of sympathy you feel towards these characters in a way. Um, you know, their conflict of being estranged from each other uh, to also, you know, that um, th that also creates a lot of tension. And um, yeah, just it's such a compelling story design. Um, and then, you know, you, Jennifer, you have Jennifer Lee, she's kind of the author of Frozen, um, co-director with Chris Buck, but she also um, wrote the screenplay and was a writer on this short film. Um, and now she's like chief creative officer at, at Disney. So she has- <laughs> Casual. Think, yeah, just some, uh, she's just got a special talent for words and for characters. Um, and she, like when developing Frozen 2, uh, did journaling as Elsa, uh, maybe Anna as well, but I know she really wanted to get in the head of Elsa and so in that Frozen um, docu-series about the making of Fro Frozen 2, she talks about like, or she even reads from these journals that she wrote from the perspective of Elsa. So, I mean, it's just, it, it's really a personal thing. Um, I don't know, I, f I feel personally connected to Frozen, particularly perhaps because of the Norwegian connection, you know, I have Scandinavian heritage, so, um, I, I understand how that can be a major influence on people's fan, uh, their passion, you know, and their fandom. Sure. I think Elsa is just such a strong example of, you know, she's anywhere from just your normal introvert all the way to like people with like something they're ashamed to show, you know, because her powers are something that she's told to hide. But then when she's finally herself, it's like, she's so much happier and the world is so much happier with her. Mm -hmm. And I think that's like a really, a really good message through the Frozen franchise, but specifically in um, Frozen Fever, I think she just allows herself to kind of be enthralled in something that's not herself, which is kind of like Elsa's biggest flaw is like, she's so self-aware. Um, which is good and bad, you know, your best quality is also normally your worst quality. Um, I think that she is so self-conscious. And then when she lets go, like she has no clue that these little like snowbies are ruining everything, <laughs> but she's not letting a cold stop her. Oh my God, because the cold doesn't bother her. Mind blown, mind blown, Philip. Um, <laughs> I, you blew my mind <laughs> addressing the fact that yeah, there's there's so much, even though she is extremely on top of things, th there's this underlying conflict to which she is totally oblivious. And that's these snogies she's created. That's so, I don't, like, yeah, that, that that's so endemic to being very high, you know, uh, I relate to Elsa's perfectionism and like being very anal retentive. Yeah. And so like I try to keep track of everything in my surroundings at all times, but there's so much that I miss. And, and I think it's because I try to maintain such tight control. So like I can just totally um, be tunnel vision sometimes. And, and yeah, things like the snogies pop up and take you totally by surprise uh is why <laughs> yeah, you have to let go like, of my... <laughs> yeah. she hyper fixates on like one task which I think a lot of us mm -hmm. do like you know you leave the house and you're like oh my god like I didn't like fold like this thing or like I didn't <laughs> do this like this I have to do when I get home and then you're like losing the moment that you're in and like yeah. the second she like let go of that like these little snowboarders like ran around and like ruined all the work she had done but guess what whether it says happy birthday on a dry hippie hat or whatever that whatever else it said mm -hmm. like 
her sister knew that she was doing something good and it still turned out good. So we all just need to like take a deep breath because even Elsa, who's clearly an example of like high functioning anxiety and like Elsa has like a list of things in my brain that I'm like, wow, like this girl, like she needs to see someone. Like, <laughs> Elsa, come on. Uh-oh. Like, oh my gosh. But she's just so like real, you know, mm-hmm. like what other sure there's like Disney princesses that you're like oh my gosh and like um Jasmine in particular has such mm-hmm. like a oh no like I'm locked in here and now blah 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 like I think Elsa really embodies like the best parts of like a lot of these princesses and their struggles and kind mm-hmm. of like revisits them but yeah like the snowboarders like secretly ruining your day is like an ode to all of us like we have all had that happening and I hate the word boogers so I will not be saying it again well, none of us would be here without all of the Annas in our life. So we have to definitely uh, pay special tribute to to those yes. who are willing to take care of us. <laughs> like uh, <laughs> the this list that I have of all of the uh, the gifts um, that Anna or Elsa gets for Anna. Uh, do you want to hear them? Yes, I do want to hear them. And honestly, like not because you just said she's a gift. I think I am very much more an Anna than an Elsa, personality-wise. So Mm -hmm. I really appreciate Anna on like a different level. Mm -hmm. But tell me all of her her gifts that she deserves. (laughs) Yeah, so laid out on this string, which was a concept originally from Chris Buck's family Easter tradition. Um, And yeah, first on the string is the modification. Well, okay, the first gift I, I listed was the, the dress or the dress modification. I don't know if the dress was a gift specifically. Uh, <laughs> and then there's a bracelet. That's the first thing along the string. There's a castle cuckoo clock with uh, Olaf as the cuckoo bird. <laughs> a sunflower bouquet, like a nice summer bouquet of flowers. There's a giant sandwich as they're like, freaking winching down the side of the building as <laughs> uh, a family portrait it was a nice portrait of uh, everyone including Kristoff and Olaf together uh, flower scarf uh, they run into while they're on their bicycle <laughs> inside of the castle uh, fishing rod uh, resting inside of the famous boat from the first frozen film <laughs> Uh, the rowboat that uh, capsizes with Hans. Um, there's a cold remedy, uh, not intent. You know that wasn't one of the originally intended gifts, but uh, I'll, I included it on the list. Cold remedy from Oaken, <laughs> uh, who's in his portable sauna. Um, let's see. The next one is the best. Uh, it's a snow globe of the castle. It's and it's got like sunflowers uh sunflowers i guess are a popular thing in arendelle uh instead of the snow inside the snow globe and then uh there's a kids choir uh we love you princess anna and i love you too um and then somewhere in there anna gets this headdress that has like sparklers attached to it uh, <laughs> and then they head to this clock tower the, the big fancy clock tower. I wish my town had a clock tower like that with like wooden figures. Uh, there's these wooden carved, it's a small world dolls of Anna and Elsa basically. Um, and then I guess uh, that's kind of the last of the string gifts. And, uh, and then you have the party with the townspeople, this bugle horn. I don't know, is that a thing? <laughs> Um, but yeah. the, the best gift, uh, Hannah, I'll, I'll let you take this one. What was the best gift of all? This is a trick question because I literally don't know. It's like the last line of the f- short film. Anna's like, the, the, but the best gift of all. <laughs> um, let's see. Letting you take, uh, or letting me take care of you. Let, letting oh, Elsa. Oh, because she literally. Yeah. <laughs> Anna is so concerned for her the whole time. It's like me, anytime my parents go to the grocery store, like especially at the beginning of COVID, like 
-hmm. every time I'm like, oh my God, like, please stop. Um, But I think that Anna is so cutely concerned over like Elsa's health. Mm -hmm. Um, But that is the greatest gift of all. Yeah. (laughs) Here's me thinking of like other objects. I'm like, what do you mean? You said fishing pole. (laughs) I said snow globe. I would have picked the snow globe. And there you go. More Disney merch. Uh, yeah, I do want that snow globe. Hopefully, I didn't miss anything. Uh, but yeah, that really solidified the bond between the sisters with the last moment of Anna just acknowledging that the best gift she could have is spending time with her sister. Um, so, I don't know. Any, any other notes on Frozen Fever? I think... Um... If I remember correctly, just because we mentioned Hans, I thought he did a little snip in this, um, in like the horse stable. Uh, I thought that was pretty cute and funny. Like Disney's so cheeky. That's a cheeky joke for Frozen, especially because there's not a lot of scatological humor in Frozen, (laughs) but it was done effectively Um, here. Yeah. Right. And I love that we also got a little peek at Olaf's brother, Marshmallow. Um, mm-hmm. I just I just love when they do kind of like a little bit of an ode to a character that might not be as popular. Mm-hmm. Um, I think that's really cute. Okay, and this is a side note, but you know how you said you wish your town had a clock tower? Yeah. Okay, my grandma's so sweet. And her like, not her hometown, but like the town that she raised her kids in. Um, where she still lives now I won't be naming it because like I also listen to the podcast crime junkie not just the podcast and sure. like I won't be telling anyone but <laughs> um a few years ago my grandma it's not like a clock tower but it's like a um a big clock that they have in their downtown now um she donated a clock to the city like that says the city's name on it oh yeah um, and I'll have to show you a picture of that sometime Philip. that was just oh, a little sure. thing I thought of but yeah. I just I just love that Elsa and Anna like love where they're from. They love each other. They're so cute. Yeah, we I mean, we do have a city hall with a spire and a clock on it. Um, but but no uh, carved wooden figures that come out and dance at the top of every hour. Sure. I mean, Aaron Dale's always got to level us up here. Um, I think they should make like Anna's birthday baskets like Disney should sell them with like you know, the flowers and the, like all of the things, the family portrait and the, you know, the silk stockings, all of oh, it. Yeah. Yeah, that would have been a very smart marketing tactic for them. It's a little strange that Anna's attempting to carry all these things around with her, especially like the clock and the portrait <laughs> <laughs> as they're going through the town. Yeah. Uh, oh, well. Um, yeah. And I love that it's simply all led by a string led by a string that's a lot of string i wonder who if elsa did all that herself um yeah and then yeah just the snowgies that almost wreck everything and you think they will but spoiler alert the cake survives to the end (laughs) (laughs) um and olaf tried so hard he was like hi like when they first showed up like he loved them and then he was like oh little brothers Kristoff succeeds yeah fending them off and then sven works his antler magic slicing this cake i love this little effect of him slicing the cake it makes no sense but it's kind of satisfying literally none (laughs) but guess what it works out because that's the magic of disney the the little snow geese finally munching down on their perfectly sliced pieces of cake is uh, a yeah. very cute very satisfying um yeah and at the end yeah you see them all piling into elsa's castle because everyone's wondering oh where what happened to elsa's castle well it's still there with uh marshmallow <laughs> in tow um yeah the, well Hannah, um, do you want to say anything else before we sign off? I think that if people have not seen Frozen Fever, it is catchy and cute. And apparently, if you downloaded it one time, you have it for the rest of your life. It is very weird to me that it's not on Mm -hmm. Disney+. Plus. Yeah. 
Yeah, it might be just but like a... I think it's cute. If your kids are like cheering for you to play Frozen again, you can say you want to see this Frozen because <laughs> it's like less than 10 minutes. You have options. Yeah, so cool. Yeah. Um, you know, this is the, the other short, Olaf's Frozen Adventure, which I don't think we've dedicated an episode to. And that one has a middling reputation, I think, perhaps due to like the oversaturation of Frozen by the year. I think that came out 2017 alongside Coco. People didn't really like the fact that it was like a TV special length short film in front of a mm. feature film. Um, and it was like putting a hat on a hat with having an animated short before an animated movie, uh, especially one that was that long and that involving and, you know, not designed. It was designed for TV. Um, so like we should do a podcast all about Olaf's first adventure. Yeah. Yeah. It gets, unfortunately, a bad rap, but the music in it is. <laughs> excellent it's not the lopez's but it has two of my favorite frozen songs of all time and um yeah i it would have been just ideal to place that on disney plus nowadays it's of course what you would do but um, back when coco was released they decided to to throw some frozen in front of that uh, <laughs> <laughs> the day of the dia de los sprinkle Mar it on everything <laughs> So yeah, rub people the wrong way a little bit. Anyways, <laughs> let's uh, let's finish out this overlong episode pertaining to an eight-minute-long with credits short film from Walt Disney Animation Studios. Uh, that's how we roll here on the Thoughtcast. And uh, <laughs> Hannah, do you want to plug anything before we sign off? Um. You know, I am just like having so much fun on the podcast. I hope you guys will join us again for the next episode. Um, eventually, I hope to talk about Olaf's Frozen Adventure because why wouldn't we talk all things Frozen on the podcast? Um, you can find me on Instagram at Hannah Lee Ever After. Lee is L E I G H. Um, and then Ever After, like fairy tales. Um, otherwise, like I just have fun recording this and I hope that you guys go see Frozen Fever if you haven't already, um, cause it's been a hot sec, but it's so good. Thank you so much, Hannah. All right. Well, spring is here. Uh, what else can we say? You, uh, you all enjoy yourselves out there. Can't sign off quite yet. Cause I gotta say, visit thoughtcast.com. You can find us at thoughtcast at on Twitter at Thoughtcast. What am I saying? At Thoughtcast on Twitter and Instagram. <laughs> Find me, Philip Elke, at Philip Elke on Twitter and Instagram if you want. Uh, big plans for next episode. Uh, we'll just say Oscar y talk. Um, and then we won't make you wait, hopefully, too long for the next episode. You all out there, of course. Have a wonderful week. Have a magical day and warm hugs, everyone. Warm hugs and dry banana hippie hats. <laughs>